beautiful. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, starting in verse 8, is our verse for today. It says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We're on a series, if you remember, we're on a series called Dangerous Prayers. And we're talking about how to pray God in a way that is not just God bless me, God help me, you know, thank you for the food type of a thing. But there are prayers that if you pray these prayers, they may not even change the heart of God because sometimes what we do is we pray, we want God to do our will. What these prayers will do, they may not change the will of God, but they will change you. And so we've been talking about these prayers for the past uh, few weeks, and uh, the prayer number one was search me, search me, because we have areas in our lives that we're like, okay, I can show this to God, but there's an area like, let me fix that first, and then I'll let God participate in that. So that was the first prayer. Prayer number two was bless them, bless them. Those people, pray a blessing on those people that make your life so hard. We talked about that. How do you do that? You don't look at the sin of the person. You don't focus on what they did to you, but you focus on what Jesus did for you, and that's going to help you. And today, today's prayer is this prayer. Why, God? Why? Why? Have you ever prayed that before? It's like, why, God? Why? It's more of a, like, like, a, like, a, like a stomach prayer. It's like, oh, why is this happening? So I want to start off with a question, and the question is very simple. Have you ever been confused? No? Never? I think you're the only one here. I used to be... <laughs> she called you a liar. You guys will have to take it outside. Um, so, so I was never good at math. I'm still not good at math. Math causes me anxiety. I remember in school, I tried to understand math. I never got the hang of it. I remember being in a test, and I was looking at the test, and I didn't understand what these numbers were. Why, if it's math, are there letters? Why is that, letter so, why is that number so small? Completely confused. I didn't know what to do. Still, I get stressed out when I think about numbers and I think about math. Confused, right? As I get older, I get more and more confused. Like... I, I'm 46 years old now, and it happens to me more often than it used to. I walk into the kitchen, and I'm standing in the kitchen, and I'm like, why did I come here? Like, I know that there's a reason why I'm here. I just can't remember it right now. But the problem is the moment that I decide to go back to where I was, that's when it's going to come back to me. So I'm just standing in the kitchen just like, what am I doing here? And that moment when you're looking around like, what, what's going on here? Sometimes that's true for us in life as well. Like, you look around at your life, and you're just, like, wondering, what, what's going on right now? Like, what is this? What is this? I, I don't know what to do. Uh, why don't things work out? Why do I have a rebellious child? Why is this happening with my health? Why did this person die so early? Why am I in a financial setback? Why am I going through depression? Why is there so much tension in my relationships? I think everybody now in our lives has something where you can honestly say, like, why, God? Why is this happening right now? My dad is 72 years old, I think, 71, 72 years old, and he's served God his whole life. And right now, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's changed almost completely. He's high, he was a high-energy person, very driven, doing all these things, and now he's got calcification in, in, the, in, the, uh, uh, in his brain, and he's, he's just having a really hard time. Why? Right? 
There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little boy, he's eight years old. We've been praying for him. We visited him. We've done Zoom prayers for him. He's eight years old and he's got leukemia. I'm like, why God? There's this other baby, eight-month-year-old baby, who has a brain tumor, praying for this baby. It's like, why God? And I, I, what's, what's true with all the things that I'm mentioning is also true in your life. Like, I know that each one of us has a thing in our lives where we say, why God? Maybe it's your health, maybe it's your finances, relationships, betrayal, whatever it is. I think that there's something in your life where you could honestly say, God, I don't understand what is happening right now. And see, the, the problem is, the problem is that in church or in, 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 a, in a religious context, Religion can be a vehicle for problem denial. I don't know why we feel that pressure sometimes. Like we have to deny the problems. Like we have to say, hey, everything's great. I'm doing great. Let go and let God, right? I've got the joy of the Lord. God is with me. Who can be against me? It's almost like we're in denial sometimes. Have you ever, have you ever, <laughs> have you ever noticed, have you ever seen someone who's in a relationship like, I remember this story when I, was, when I was younger, I was in high school, and there's this friend who was in a relationship, and this relationship completely changed him. Like, it was, like, like she was not the right girl for him. And we all knew it. All our friends knew it. And there was this moment when he, he comes up to us, and his girlfriend is right next to, to him, and he talks to us. There was, there were, it was a group of three friends, and my friend Jorge and then Nico, and so Nico's girlfriend. And he, he came up to us with his girlfriend, and he says, you know what, we feel that, um, that we need to divide a little bit more our time. Like, I think that, that we should spend more time together and maybe less time with you guys. And in my mind, I'm like, that's not him talking. That's his girlfriend talking through him. And then they broke up after a while, and then he came clean with us. He's like, man, dude, she was super manipulative. Like she, was, like, she was bad news. She was incredibly selfish. She was self-centered. She was critical. She was superficial. We're like, Yes! And so we asked him, like, did you realize that, like, the moment you broke up with her? He's like, no. Like, I kind of always knew it. But, like, I felt like I had to, like, deny it. Like, there was this pressure to, like, deny it. But now I see what you guys see, and now I feel like I'm free to just say it. See, the reason why I, I, I bring this up is because, have you ever seen this? Have you ever been in a relationship like this? Are you in one right now? If you are, run. You still have time. You see, the same type of thing can happen. I'm not talking about anybody, any of you guys here, by the way, so don't feel like it's, I'm sorry, I wasn't, like, I'm talking about other people, other people that I know. Okay, he's like, sure. No, no, don't, don't, please don't take it that way. Um, but, it, but it can happen in religion as well. Like, like, maybe life is really hard right now. Maybe you have a relationship. Like, maybe, maybe there's something in your life that is so hard, and somehow you feel the pressure to have to deny what is really going on inside of you. We feel like we should cover it. God is good all the time. God is in control. Let go and let God and all these things. Now, now don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. All these things are true. Like, God is in control. Like, God does love you. He is present. It, like, all of that is true. But for some reason, we feel like we can't just come out and just tell God how we feel. Like, why, God? Why, why does life have to be like this? Why, why do I feel like you're being so unloving right now? Why do, why do I feel like you're being so unfair? God, where are you? I don't feel like you're even present. Why are you being so unreasonable? Why didn't you come through for me, God? Why are you so insensitive? And the problem is many of you may think that 
that you can't talk to God like that. Like, if you, if you talk to God like that, you're going to offend him. And so I want to take that burden off of you this morning. So I want you to listen to a prayer that David, that David said to God when he, was, uh, when he was being persecuted by his enemy. Psalm 109. It's a crazy prayer that David does. Let's read this. I'm going to read this. Uh, Psalm 109, starting in verse 8, says this. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. May they be driven from their ruined homes. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruit of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. May his descendants be cut off, their names blotted out of the next generation. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May the sin of his mother never be blotted out. May their sins always remain before the Lord, that he may blot out their name from the earth. Oh my gosh. That is a crazy prayer. Have you ever prayed this? Have you ever felt like praying this? I have. You see, here's the problem. When we feel we, that we feel that we, the, the problem is we feel like a prayer like this would be offensive to God. And the problem is that, that we have a flawed view of our relationship with God. We have a view of God that if we say things in a certain way, that God is going to zap us. Have you ever seen a Monty Python? Anyone? Monty, Monty Python? Oh, thank you. So many hands. Monty Python, the Holy Grail, right? Remember the moment when they're going into the gorge of eternal peril and there's this, this horrible person and you have to answer three questions. What is your name? What is your quest? Right? Then what is your favorite color? So sometimes we feel like if we mess up before God, like we say something that we're not supposed to say before God, that, that we're going to be destroyed by him. It's not true. It's not true. In fact, God warns against this. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, in, reg- in regards to prayer and how we're supposed to pray before God, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 says this, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love praying, praying standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. You see, the point I'm trying to make here with the Scripture, and the point that Jesus is trying to make also is that there's no secret formula in in how you're supposed to approach God. Because the assumption is that we have to prepare. Like, I have, to be, I have to prepare myself to be able to be presentable before God. And that is an Old Testament view of our relationship with God. Old Testament view, right? You have the high priest that had to come into the presence of God. And it was a terrifying thing. Because if you didn't do the right things, and you didn't do the right rituals, and you didn't have the right clothes, and you weren't eating the right food, and you weren't clean enough, and you weren't the, from the right tribe, etc., it was a very fearful thing to be in the presence of God. But when Jesus dies for our sins, and we've talked about this before he's on the cross and he's dying for our sins and he says the words tetelestai which means 
It is finished, right? He says that. What happens? What happens? It is finished. It means that rituals are finished. Ceremonies are finished. Sacrifices are finished. Special clothing are finished. You know, all these rituals, they are finished. And so we can present ourselves before the Lord no longer with fear. No longer being scared of God. So the question is, how are we to approach God now as a result of what Christ did for us? With fear? No. What does the verse say in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15? It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? Fear? Confidence. Which is actually, I think, the opposite of fear. So that we may receive what? Mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, something happens when you approach the throne of of grace with confidence. There's a promise that comes with that. We'll receive grace. And that grace will help you in your time of need. I remember the first time I ever preached a message, I was fearful. That's all I had. Fearful and then confused looks. That's all I saw. Now I've been preaching for longer, I'm less fearful and a little bit more confident. Same is true with God. You know, there was a time when you would approach God with, with, with fear, but now we can approach God with confidence. You see, we can, we can enter the presence of God now, and I want to invite you to tell him how you feel. Tell him what you're actually thinking, not this, this sort of like um, filtered version of what you feel. Come before him and present yourself just the way you are. And you know why? Sometimes we don't do that because we're like, oh, what's God going to think? He's going to be like, oh, I didn't believe that you actually felt that way. No, he already knew. He's always known. You see, there used to be a temple before where you would approach. Now we are the temple and God is in us, so we have no secrets before him. So what happens when we come before the Lord in this way and we just present our requests before God with confidence? What happens? There's this grace that becomes available to us and that grace will help you in your time of need. You're gonna find grace. So here's the invitation this morning. You see, there's a grace that you will be missing if you don't approach the throne of grace with confidence. So important. One of the reasons why you don't find grace or why I don't find grace is because we're holding back. So here's the invitation. Stop saying everything is great when it's not. Stop saying God is good when you feel like he hasn't been good. Stop saying God is in control when you feel like he's nowhere to be found. Stop saying, I've got the joy of the Lord when you cry yourself to sleep every night. Don't feel like you have to say that. You see, this is not honoring to God because he knows how you feel. He already knows how you feel. He knows you. And when you hold back, you are missing out on the grace that is available that will help you in your time of need. So here's here's what I want to invite you to do today. I want to invite you to do a dangerous prayer that will unleash the grace of God and it will help you in your time of need. Because maybe you're here this morning and you're mad at God. Tell him. Maybe you're here this morning and you're confused. Tell him. 
Maybe you're here this morning and you have doubts about his even existence. Tell him. Maybe you feel like he's been unjust to you. Tell him. Maybe you don't feel like obeying God. Tell him, God, I don't want to obey you. I know I should, but I don't want to. Tell him. Even if he doesn't seem real anymore, tell him, God, I don't even know if you're real. Come before the Lord with confidence. See, I have people tell me all the time, I'll invite people to church, and they're like, Pastor, I'm just not ready to go to church yet. That's actually the moment that you need to come to church. And sometimes I'll talk to people, and, and, and I'm sorry, maybe this situation is similar to the prayer thing. It's like, I just don't feel like I'm ready to just like come before the Lord. That's the moment. If you feel ready to come before the Lord, maybe that's not an evidence that you're actually ready. You see, because he knows everything. He knows everything. I'm going to close with this. I know I've gone a little bit long today, but I'm going to close with this. You see, you see, sometimes God does things that we just don't understand. We just don't understand. And I heard someone once say that we are, we're not called to decipher God. We're called to, to worship him. And it's really hard to worship a God that we can completely understand. I'm going to read the verse that we read at the beginning, Isaiah 55. It says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And sometimes this verse can be used as a cop-out. Like, yeah, we just don't understand what is going on, right? But, it's, but, it, but this verse is so true. You see, from our perspective, we can't see what God's doing. We don't understand what God's doing, and good luck with that, trying to figure him out. And sometimes the choices that God makes simply seem unfair, they seem random, they seem unloving, they seem unsensitive. I get it. I felt that way too. So I want to tell you a story. My mother-in-law, has had a, she had a very hard life. She, she lost her first son when he was six months old. And she lost her second son when he was 34. He died of cancer. No parents should have to bury their kids. She had to do it twice. And she had a hard time dealing with this. Like she had a hard time just trying to understand what God was doing. And I know she had some honest prayers with God. Some, some, some why God prayers. And after a while, after her, her second son had died of cancer, about a year afterwards, she, she felt like she was doing a little bit better. But then she came across this video, this family video of like vacations and she kind of just put it in. She wanted to watch it and she didn't realize that. She just didn't make the connection. Her son was in that video and she saw her son again and all these feelings came back and all these frustration and this anger, everything came back. And she had some honest prayers before God, some why God prayers. And after a couple of weeks, she had this dream. And in this dream, her son was in, was in the dream. And her son told her in the dream, he said, Mom, don't worry about me. I'm okay here. My mother-in-law died on September 5th, 2018. And now they're back together. They're together again. You see, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that, is that God didn't bring back her son. But God did give her Grace, 
that she needed in her time of need. And so I would love to make a promise to you and tell you that everything's going to be great. But I just want to challenge you to come before the Lord with confidence. Don't hold back. Tell him how you feel. Maybe he won't answer all your prayers, but this is the promise. That there's, there's going to be this grace that will help you in your time of need. And this is only available because of the death and resurrection of Jesus that we can do this. So I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads here for a moment. I'm going to say a few words and then we're going to pray. Because maybe you're here this morning and you're just trying to figure life out. And there's something in your life right now, something specific, where you just feel like God didn't come through for you. And if you haven't done this yet, I want to invite you to, to, to pray this dangerous prayer before God and to just tell him, verbalize. Go into your room, get on your knees, verbalize, say it. How you feel with all the emotion that comes with it. Confidently before God. He's not going to be offended. He's going to be honored because he already knows how you feel. And then healing can start in your relationship with God. So if this is you this morning and no, nobody look around, please, I'm just going to, if you need prayer, you need help with this, just raise your hand and put it right back down. Amen. 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 Bless you. So Lord God, we come before you this morning and we thank you for your word. Thank you for what you've allowed for us to understand about you. And I pray specifically for those who raised their hands this morning that you will give them the, the courage to just come before you. Nothing to hide, not holding back. That you will keep your promise to them to help them with this grace that comes available in their time of need. Lord, we thank you so much for this message and we thank you for, for your love and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.